0: hi and welcome to episode 481 of the mwa podcast i'm kyle and i'm joined by my co hosts sean and brian mark is on assignment actually he's out sick but you know we'll give him some slack so but uh today we're excited to have james wesley as our guest wes is the outstanding furniture designer and maker located in wichita kansas designs and crafts custom furniture for both homes and businesses so welcome to the show wes
1: Ah, uh, thanks for having me. Excited to actually be on the show that I love listening to. So, oh, that's oh awesome. cool! Welcome,
0: yeah. welcome, welcome! Well, yeah. fantastic. Have we introduced you to our Patreon? No, just joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you've heard. Uh, that's great. Oh, but anyway, Wes, it's great to have you here. Um, before we move on, are you a um, active serving member of the Air Force or on uh, the reserve? Or
1: I am in the Air National Guard. So oh,
0: okay. Fantastic. We'll get
1: we'll get into it, but I uh I do the traditional guard, which is one week in a month, mm-hmm. and then it's two weeks in the summer. So okay, yep. well
0: I'll start off us off and thank you for your service. Absolutely, yep. oh, well, you. thanks, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Well, before we talk more to Wes, uh, let's dip our toes in the woodworking news. So it's a uh, pretty light, um, as most of our long time listeners know, we try to stack episodes during the holiday season so we can have some time off with our family. So uh, we just have a couple of items and one of them is a uh, feedback from a, one of our uh, previous episodes. In fact, I think it's our last episode, but I'm not sure. And it's from Emery Pickering of Sigma Woodcraft that's at Sigma Woodcraft on Instagram. And he gave us some feedback on the three horsepower, uh, Triton router. Um, that I think I mentioned that I have in my router table. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he asked me how that was performing because he works in a cabinet shop and, uh, they have one and the lift mechanism on that Triton router is broken on them six times. Dang. So oh, no now, Mine's a one-off, you know, experience. His is a one-off experience. Sure. So, With, you know, in, you, you got to take
2: In, yeah. in a yeah. cabinet shop, you got to think of the mileage that thing gets.
0: Right? Yeah. He said they don't use it that often, but it gets more mileage than mine ever has. But mm-hmm. the other thing is, mine is at least ten years old. So hmm. I don't know how old theirs is. So maybe I, don't think it was, I knew what Triton was ten years ago. Oh, it's when they first really came yeah. here. For, here from the states, and I saw that and I went, Oh, it has a lift mechanism, I wouldn't have to buy a router lift if I got this. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, so that's why I got it. But, uh, like I said, I've had good luck with mine, but I mean, they probably use theirs in, in a week more than I've used mine in 10 years. So, you know, sure. <laughs> it's one of those things, sure. but um,
2: that just brings up a good point. I mean, anybody who's got anything, any experiences about what we're
0: talking about, mm-hmm. please let us know. Exactly. Exactly. It's always good to get there. So if you're in the market for a trotten router, um, you heard about the lift mechanism and think that <laughs> might be interested. You might want to do a little more research. Um, that's what I would do. And uh, just, you know, see if you can get some other opinions on it. Um, but, you know, I I did want to let uh, Emery know that I would uh, bring this up on the podcast just because, you know, people hear us. And like I said, we have experience with these things, but it's, you know, it's a sample size of one. So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: So I was very... like,
2: I, who, what, I guess, uh, Wilkerson and, and Cremona, they were, they got on that Triton thing, I think mm-hmm. they sponsored them for a while. And mm-hmm. I it was like, all of a sudden Matt had like a bunch of them. I was like, okay, yeah, the planer looks cool. Like, I mean, as a tool company, I, I, yeah. I've never used one, so I, I couldn't tell you, but mm-hmm.
4: he's still using them. I think
2: I, as far as I know, yeah, I think so. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. I think he is. I think he's still sponsoring. I think his face is still in their boxes and stuff. So (laughs) (laughs) that face. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So but anyway, let's move on to um, Lost Heart Press has a new book Mm -hmm. coming out. It's called The Backwoods Chairmakers, and it's by Andy Glenn. And um, Andy actually went up into the Appalachian uh, area. And interviewed a bunch of people that are still making chairs and using traditional methods. So it's kind of a dying art there, but there are still a few folks that are there. So he went, interviewed them, saw how they made their chairs. And I think even, you know, changed up the way he does some things at his bench. So um that book is coming out. You can pre-order it now. I think, you know, Lost Art Press never did pre-orders, but I guess now that they move things in-house, they can do it. Mm-hmm. So uh you can actually pre-order the book. And in fact, you will already get a pdf copy of the book as soon as you pre-order the book and then when the book is actually um, ready to uh, be shipped then you'll get actual hard copy of the book i think sometime late december early january is when it's supposed to ship but it looks like a fantastic book and uh, just a little preview we're in the process of booking uh andy to be a guest on the show to talk about the book so awesome. Be super awesome cool. Should be should be fantastic. So uh, anyway, so check that out over at lost dot com, and as always, I'll have some links in the uh, show notes for you. Well, with that, uh, let's move on to a Patreon shout out. So who do we have to thank this month or this sure. episode? this say. episode. <laughs>
2: oh, you know, we always like to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, and today we're going to give that shout out to our buddy Nick Carruthers. Nick, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, you know, we that helps us. You know. Support the show, pay our bills, maybe helps us travel to shows when they're available. Always cool to do. So if you'd like to support us, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast and shuck us a few dollars there.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure he'll get that uh, Bridgeport mill working soon.
2: Sometime.
0: <laughs> sometime. He followed him on, the, on, the, uh, on Instagram. But anyway, it looks like he's doing a fantastic job rebuilding that thing. So mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty exciting. Let's move on to what's in the shop. So Brian, what are you working on? Um, I've
4: been traveling a lot. We're recording this just after Thanksgiving, so I was out of town uh, doing some yeah. sports, sports activities with my youngest child.
0: You um, didn't have to call in this time. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That was a mess. Hotel, hotel Wi-Fi is the most unreliable thing on the planet. Oh, my. Um, but am excited to get back in the shop. I have not a whole lot going on this weekend, so I'm trying to get started on desk 2.0. Uh, the, wood, wood, the wood's been in the shop for a while. It's been acclimated. I finally have a metal detector, so I'm going to sweep the wood this time. Make sure there's nothing in there. Uh, The lumber guy that I used did apologize for finding all that metal in the walnut, the air dried walnut. Mm. Um, And then uh, I recently found on Facebook Marketplace a used but in really good shape field hockey goal that just needs uh, to be rehabbed a little bit. Simple. uh, The boards in the bottom they're 18 centimeter high boards. They, uh, I'm sorry, 18 inch high boards. Uh they just kind of rotted out. This has been around mm-hmm. for quite some time. So they usually use um the HDPE sheets, the uh, high density polyethylene. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff's not cheap, man. I was looking at the no. idea and, no, not. <laughs> and you have to find it locally because they'll charge you Yeah, you know, an oh, arm and armor you know, yeah. to ship mm-hmm. it to you. So um trying to find one of those locally and just uh you know get that set up and can I, you use something else instead? Yeah, I mean it's gonna live inside, so I could probably use plywood, but mm-hmm. um
0: does it get abused?
4: It'll get abused, I and mean, the ball's gonna hit it about forty miles an hour. So it yeah. Um, so we'll see. It's um. I had the guy that has. Would it.
0: aluminum
2: be uh? Um, like like, not angle, but like tube stock. Um.
4: T-shirt? Well, it's got a. It's it's think of it like a, a long. I guess if
0: aluminum thread. would work, they would probably use aluminum. So. Yeah, That's and you also don't a want, question. You also yeah.
4: don't want it bouncing off with any kind of force to come yeah. back. Yeah, I, I was gonna you? say yeah. Mm. Because yeah, especially, if you, the, yeah, if you're full swinging that close, that you can get um, it's gonna come back to haunt you, way oh. to
0: yeah. So, I'll probably uh, come, by, come back to haunt you because of all the holes. Yeah. Oh, I've the... got
4: I've got behind the existing goal that's in there now, it's a portable goal. She's hit it so hard that it when it takes the net back, it smashes the net into the drywall, and you can see all the, the net marks on the drywall, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that I, oh. I had taken. You know, and I repaired all the marks before we even put the goal there. So,
2: And on the flip side, my kids throwing lacrosse, you know, the balls are similar, right? Field mm-hmm. hockey and lacrosse. Are they rubbery?
4: They are. They on, they're very hard. They're like a, I have one that's cut open in the shop, but it's like probably three-eighths of an inch solid outside and then a the hollow core.
2: Okay. So lacrosse is a solid three-inch ball. Yeah. But anyway, um, but I mean, at 30 yards behind my house. They can hit a shot, and if it hits the framework, which is steel, of the of the goals, I've had them come back and hit the house. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah, ricochets are real, man. Gotta, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful.
4: So um, that should be cool. I'm glad I found it dirt cheap. I had to, you know, I had to buy it sight on scene to get in order to get ahead of some people. So. Um, just excited because if you remember, I tried to make one out of wood, and that was a huge failure. Yeah, and mean you told
0: me the to, you told us it was very expensive to actually buy a new one too. Yeah,
4: a new new goal, a nice one is about three thousand dollars. So, yeah. oh my word! You know, this is two hundred fifty bucks. I'll <laughs> yeah. take you know, I just got to figure out how to get it home. It's in a, a place called Millersville, which is about forty-five minutes from me. I got to go rent a trailer, my neighbor's truck, and go pick it up because it's about twelve feet long, seven feet high, and then. Wow. If my calculations are right, it should fit into the little niche in the garage with about a quarter inch to half inch to spare. So, if that doesn't work, you'll see some sort of debacle on Instagram and me trying to carve out the the framing to get that thing in there.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. my! Oh, that reminds me. What what's the final verdict on your tundra? Oh, it died.
4: It, it completely died. Uh, I remember you I,
0: you saying that the guy still was having hope that he might be able to. It or something. Yeah, he
4: he didn't want to, to be honest. He's like, I don't want to do this. It t- ties up my bay too much. So uh, I tried to sell it an auto trader and all I got was scammers and people that ghosted you. Mm-hmm. And then I put it on a Facebook marketplace. Uh, within, I don't know, 72 hours, I had over 100 messages. Oh. Um, again, a lot of scammers, um, languages I don't speak, um, <laughs> people who clearly did not read the ad. Or, mm-hmm. And just said, I want to test drive it. I'm like, well, good luck. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have an engine. Goes downhill
0: uh, just fine.
4: <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I eventually had some guy come up from Maryland uh, who bought it. He pulled up in an old Toyota Tundra from like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. So this was an upgrade to him. Um, I, mm. I I got less than I was hoping for for it, but you know what? My mechanic was very patient. It was in his parking lot for like three months, uh, and mm-hmm. now it's out of my hair. Although I'm really curious how he got it up on the trailer. I wasn't there for that. You know, trucks are not light, so, but mm. <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't my problem.
0: So, yeah, probably had a winch on it or something. I would assume. Yeah, cool. Yeah.
4: So that's out of my hair. Uh, Sean, how are you doing? What's up in your shop?
2: Doing
0: all right. Not much.
2: Uh, like you mentioned, we we're recording this after Thanksgiving. Um, um, and sadly, my weekend was partially taken up by my wife's grandfather passing away. We were up in the hospital on Black Friday, and uh, so it was a, uh, and it, it remains. A, a kind of an emotional thing. We're still sorting out everything, and apparently today they found a safe in the house that no one knew about. So that's all, <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. When these things happen, I don't know that it has anything but paperwork in it. Probably. Well, not. I'll call Geraldo. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's right. Maybe right. Is, yeah, kids uh, in there or things. something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, not so not much really much. Um, if you know me, you know I'm a fan of Michigan football, and they got a great win uh at the uh, on Saturday, so on to the Big Ten championship. But uh. That's about it, Kyle. How about you?
0: Oh, been doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, The uh, had a great Thanksgiving, um, and the build on the rocker is now done.
2: Boom! Wow! Wait, wait, finished?
0: Finished. I will. In uh, the house, I still have to finish. Finish it. The build is done. Not the build is done. Everything's (laughs) sanded. I've done the once over. Everything's mounted. You know, it's ready for paint, so to speak. Um, with that, I'm back to jigs, so it's currently living over a living under a couple of moving blankets. So, um, as soon as I get back to it, hopefully by the end of this weekend, first of next week, I'll get back to it and start uh, putting some paints. I gotta do some sample boards. You know, I'm never quick about these things, you know, I should have done the sample boards, you know. While i was finishing this stuff up but yeah, yeah it never works out that way so
2: did you mention multiple moving blankets are you that destructive that you, <laughs>
0: it's, it's a you big rocker okay okay yeah yeah first size yeah those those rockers are fairly long so i was just imagining
2: those... it, it laying under four layers of blankets <laughs> just because i'm throwing rocks when i walk down there i'm just gonna be
4: <laughs> you never know no. <laughs> that, that would be my luck you know you go through all this yeah and Yeah. Then you accidentally ding it with something. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, yeah. well, the, well, the one the one thing is, yeah, exactly. They used to call that hanger rash back in um, uh, back when I did uh, radio control airplanes. You know.
2: Oh, really? Just yeah. like it just mm-hmm. sitting there, and something yeah, happens. Yeah,
0: just sitting there, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, so um, so anyway, so I got under the moving blankets uh, primarily because you know when I'm building my jigs, I do do a lot of metal grinding. So I don't want metal dust. Get, sure. Get yeah, yeah, I, all that th- kind of stuff. Yeah that's something that I, you know yeah.
2: i I've, I've thought about people with those like i guess i can say hybrid shops you know where you got metal working in one corner and mm. woodworking in another you got to control that cuz yep. usually at some sort of harder surface could find its way onto a softer surface and uh really muck it up
0: yeah yeah i have all kinds of things around my grinders i got cardboard partitions just to keep all the metal dust contained in one area as best i can so and then i try to you know clean it up after i'm done but you know it's i'm never done so (laughs) it's kind of a a lost cause at this point it's just like there's where all the metal dust lives is over there and that's where i got my sharpening stuff and all this stuff so it Mm -hmm. kind of all lives in the same area but uh besides that i have my uh triton bits back in stock i made a post on that today as we're recording um i did have to get some orders out and uh so that so that's done good um they're moving quickly. Uh, I'll put it to you that wow. way. So, by the time this comes out, um, maybe they'll be back in stock again. Um, <laughs> that seems to be the way it's going. So, anyway, but you know, as soon as I as soon as I get down to uh, just uh, just a few left, I uh, place an order. But depending on uh, the manufacturer I buy from, it takes them two to three weeks to get them to me because uh, they are special ground bits. So. Takes them a while, but anyway, and then I've been working on the uh, new jig prototype that's going well. Um, you know, I had a proof of concept, now I'm working on a prototype, and I've um, trying to make it more out of all 8020 stuff because it's easy for me to assemble and stuff, but it still has a little wooden bit on there. And uh, so I prototyped that out, and I got to make a couple of changes to it, but hopefully, I'll get this prototype done. And um, besides that, um, I did have a Black Friday uh, buy, and that was on some shop lights that were on sale on Amazon that I'd been wa- watching for a while. I need some, my shop's fairly well lit, but there are a couple of areas that could use some lighting. So these are these little LED strip lights that uh, mount to the ceiling. And you okay. right, put them together and they just attach with clips and you can hardwire them or plug them in. And uh, they had, I've been, you know, like a set of eight of these four foot long strips, eight lights They're four foot long strips. They were going for about 120 and they were like on sale for like $65. Wow. Wow, Yeah. Yeah. Almost half off. So I went, yeah, let me grab them. So they were delivered tomorrow. So hopefully I will get those up. um, Probably next week. We'll see. That's one thing I need to do. I need to take about two days and just do, a bunch of stuff to the shop like i need to do some machine <laughs> maintenance need to hang these lights all that kind of stuff so need to carve out some time for that but i don't know it's those maintenance things that seem to never happen until something breaks
4: breaks yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what uh what kelvin temperature did you go Five thousand. yeah
0: yeah i didn't want to go six thousand uh it's a little too, too bluish. Yeah. And, yeah. so and you know, for these LED lights, at this price range, you can't get a good, um, what is it, the CRI, the color rendering index. Mm-hmm. But these were, I think these were at least they're would out for 92, which is not too bad. You know, I'd like to have, you know, 95 or more. But for that, uh, you have to spend a lot more money. Yeah. 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 So, man, and like I said, these are mainly supplemental lights on some dark areas, so I think it it should be fine.
2: How do you connect each one? Like, are they strung together as one big thing mm. and just plugged into one source? Or
0: no, you you can daisy chain them together. Okay. So I got to look at that. I do have some. I do have a couple of circuits in my ceiling, so um, hopefully I'll be able to do it. The only thing is, is down the middle of my shop is a big beam that runs, so I don't really want to run wire from one side to the other but i think i have another circuit i think i have a, a, a lighting circuit on each side of the of that beam so hmm. we'll see i've been thinking that's one thing that's been keeping me up at night is going okay how am i <laughs> going to wire these things in and all that kind of good stuff you know but we'll see right now yeah. but uh Wes, so what have you been working on in your shop
1: well i have been busy busy with uh trying to spend time at home over the holidays instead of working in the shop (laughs) so now i'm back in the shop but i'm catching back up so just i'm playing that game which is always fun when you're behind even though you did it to yourself yeah uh (laughs) uh, but mainly working on a really cool five foot by ten foot table uh dining room table It's a someone i
0: saw you you did a post that you were bands bandsawing a big yeah uh
1: pedestals yeah Yeah, it's got two pedestals um all walnut it's gonna be really cool it's just the larger scale that you get uh Mm -hmm. when (laughs) the more tedious it is the harder it is to move all of those things that are just make the project that much harder so (laughs)
4: Mm -hmm. just to flip it over yeah, a, yeah, five foot yeah. by ten foot.
0: It seems like every time I look at your Instagram, you're doing something that's extremely yeah. huge.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: know it, it comes and goes, but it there always uh, is something that comes through the door. It, it, being a custom shop, I mean, that's kind mm. of uh, when a, a client is like, I can't find this anywhere, a lot of commercial stuff, especially they they know what they want, and that's going to be a larger scale, yeah. so it just I'm, I'm the go-to guy around here and that uh, is great, but it's also the challenge.
0: (laughs) So, so do you have any uh, help in the shop to uh, help move these things?
1: Uh, You know, since COVID, I have not had help in the shop and we can talk obviously more about that, but I, I've had multiple employees and I scaled up big for commercial work primarily and then totally 180 and said, you know what, I don't want to be a manager. I want to be a woodworker. (laughs) So uh, dialing it down and uh, getting more and more into the custom world of individual pieces for a client that they know exactly what they want or something really unique with the feature, wood type, whatever. uh, I want to be a part of that and I want to have my hands on it. So since COVID, I just have kind of like I said, totally flipped it and I haven't looked back. So
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's nice when you don't have a payroll employees, all those Uh tax issues,
1: taxes and and insurance, and documenting hours and (laughs) everything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I I can sympathize, but yeah, on the other hand, it's like, okay, I got this thing that weighs 250 pounds and I got to move it from here to there. (laughs) And, how old are your kids? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah.
1: So I I cheat and I I ended up buying a forklift as a uh, alternative. So, oh, so Nice. You <laughs>
2: nice. know what? They don't ask <laughs> yeah. for benefits or yeah breaks yeah. or anything. It's yep, a, yep. worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That's,
0: that's great. Well, yeah. before we get in too much further on on uh, your business, um, yeah. Tell us first. Uh, start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and how you got into woodworking. Yeah. So I moved to Wichita, Kansas
1: when I was five, and uh, I am about to be 36. So I call Wichita my home. Um, I love it. Been here, met my wife here, um, went to college here, everything. So just had a lot of connection to Wichita and didn't want to leave. It's kind of the best of like big city life without too big, being too Mm -hmm. big to where uh you struggle to get <laughs> to the other a, side of are town are a or shocker whatever. from Wichita, I, I am a shocker yeah, awesome. we are, awesome. yeah. <laughs> so um but essentially call Wichita home love it i joined the guard uh a weird thing is my dad was active duty air force and he was stationed at mcconnell in, in wichita and we stayed here pretty much his entire time he was in the service so hmm.
0: Wow, that's unusual. V-
1: very unusual. Uh, we we moved for a year, but came back, and um, and then I joined the military. I ended up working there full time uh, in the guard. You can do a full time route, mm-hmm. um, and it did that for a few years before kind of decided this isn't for me, and uh, I want to stay in the military, but I want to do my own thing. So
0: yeah, you know? well, what do you do in the guard? So
1: I do radar maintenance. So we are an air traffic control
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: squadron, essentially, where talking to planes in the sky. So you have all the people that do that. You have the picture that's generated with the radar, and then we also have like satellite communication things like that, where people will send that picture wherever it needs to be sent for hmm. the controllers to use. So, that yeah, cool.
0: that that is cool. That is pretty yeah. cool. So, uh, so yeah. So you so you have a. Uh, a lot of uh, electronics type work and stuff like yeah.
1: that yeah yep a little tedious repair it's all old technology right. which uh requires repair but it also is it's it's so outdated now that it's hard to uh it's hard to hack you can't hack yep. a Old computer. That's exactly. exactly.
2: It's, are these the the non-internet connected machines, but are, they're they actually still running Windows 95
0: kind of stuff? <laughs>
1: uh, it's kind of hit or miss on everything, but yeah. <laughs> yep,
4: yep.
0: <laughs> it's, it's probably more like COBOL or Fortran or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so that's the, really old.
4: Cool. Like the movie War Games, basically.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is that that is pretty cool. That now have you ever uh, uh, fiddle around with putting electronics in any of your woodworking projects?
1: um the closest i've done is uh led tape light strip lights and Mm -hmm. wiring that up and i mean some of those like soldering really tiny wires i mean that's just part of the job so that the Mm -hmm. skill translates i guess in to some degree
0: (laughs) well well that's that's great so so you wired up some led lights and stuff like that but nothing like you know full sight and sound or anything like that no
2: nothing crazy you know (laughs) or like motorized movement or anything no i you know
1: i I've got a project uh, that, but I'm just installing. Uh, it's a TV cabinet yeah, lift. Where, with, with the lift. Yep. Oh, those yeah. things are
2: so cool. I yeah. I don't trust them at all.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> but it
2: looks really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally agree.
0: Well, cool. Well, so um, tell us about your business, James Wesley Furniture. So, so how did that start and how long have you been in business?
1: Yeah, so uh it originally started in 2016 in my garage and this is after i have left the guard i moved to my wife's family business which is uh heavy equipment um and bobcat equipment small uh, construction equipment Mm -hmm. and they actually had a another So, so
0: you're so you're telling me you got that forklift on the cheap then
1: yes yes (laughs) so this uh forklift dealership uh because it's a forklift it's dealing with warehouses they deal with every type of solution that a warehouse needs so pallet racking uh ladders all these random things that needed uh modified so there was actually a weld shop at the forklift dealership and it was kind of this creative job opportunity and i am a creative so Mm i kind of went into that role led the shop but also got the chance to like design and modify parts but it was all steel so i just really caught the bug of enjoying working with my hands Uh, but eventually that got to me building steel bases with wooden tops so just very basic tables but i had a lot of fun doing it and that really caught that really I've made stuff in the garage with my dad growing up just DIY projects with wood, but building a piece of furniture, even though it was pretty basic uh, it was, it definitely uh, started a fire with me. And so did that for a, a few years and decided that again, it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am all over the place when it comes to enjoying projects, building, making, I will do anything. If it's painting, I don't care, uh, cooking. It's all these things that I'm working with my hands and I just love it. So it's hard for me to focus and woodworking is the first thing that allowed me to focus um, mm. on And So it was pretty interesting, but long story short, um, I was intending to, there was a cabinet shop going out of business or ownership, retiring is actually what happened. The cabinet shop did not go out of business. Um, and there was an opportunity for us to look at purchasing that, and uh, we we gave him a full price offer, all this stuff, and we loved the idea of me getting to do this existing business and. And that would be like my intro into woodworking. Right. (laughs) So I didn't have, that's
0: one way to start. Yeah. I was like jumping in, man. Yeah.
4: That's two (laughs) feet jumping.
1: Yeah. So this would be kind of part of the family. It would be a bigger thing, but it's more of the direction that I wanted to go. Um, And we we made it too late to the game. There was already another, they were so far down the road with another guy that, they just didn't want to risk losing a buyer by going with us, even though we were over what the guy offered all of these things. So that just was kind of devastating essentially, because I thought for sure I was going to get this opportunity. That's like a once in a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up being for the best because then I built it from the ground up, which like I said, back to 2016, I'm in my garage. Mm-hmm. So, um it allowed me to <laughs> figure out what I wanted to build or what I wanted to try to build. And I got to do it in my garage. Um, I did that for about a year before deciding that, um, that wasn't going to work <laughs> for, for a full-time job. It works yeah, no. obviously, uh, for a lot of people. Um, but for what I wanted to build and um, it just wasn't going to work for me. So ended up building a shop, Um, which is where I'm at now and have, like I said, I've gone through the whole pivot, business pivot uh, cycle over and over again, trying to figure out how to make this woodworking full-time thing work. And That's definitely been the challenge, but because I get to pivot or build what I want to build, custom world instead of niching down into building one object or something like that uh, for me, I just have to have the creativity where I can bounce around. So um so far have been able to figure it out so that happened mid 2017 moved from the garage to a shop and um that's where i've been ever since so well
0: I, that's oh. in, that's incredible i mean yeah. i know 2017 didn't look yesterday but for me yeah. it seems like it's yesterday oh yeah
1: definitely yeah
0: <laughs> but I mean, uh,
2: your, your pace of movement was kind of rapid i mean you did yes. a lot of yeah. decisions you know, I mean, and changes inspiration and and boom yeah. like
1: and I, I mean i'm gonna be the first to admit there is a major blessing on the family side here where mm, mm-hmm. this is uh i mean just so many different ways that i was able to tap into the business experience and resource all of this stuff to really get a jump start on giving it a go versus 100 mm-hmm. percent uh boots on the ground whatever you want to call it that, uh build up you know yeah, so yeah. there's there's but on the same hand, I didn't have time to figure it out slowly.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> start, start mentality. Mentality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Hey, having
2: a good support system
1: is half the battle, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. Well, so tell us, so how do you, so who do you market to and how do you find your customers for your business?
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I, I get a lot of customers from, it, actually most of my customers are local. Mm-hmm. W- wichita area up to kansas city so about two and a half hours away uh occasionally but primarily is wichita and it's literally word of mouth so i i build a project for someone and then they see it uh the commercial side helped me a lot with word of mouth because it's like oh this cool restaurant opened who did all the woodworking in here when mm-hmm. it, it's really unique it's not a normal restaurant uh but that's where they called me. And then that spreads every time somebody comes to the restaurant. So they're just constantly being asked about random weird projects that I did, but, uh, it's, it's unique enough that it gets people's attention for them to ask the question of where, who did this. So that is, has been a weird, uh, route. Um, another one is, uh, repeat work with designers locally, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. where kind of, it's like, well, I think we want this, but it's not exactly how we want to do it. Uh, can you do that? <laughs>
0: and,
1: yeah. And it's like, I, I can do that. And
0: yeah, here's a picture yeah. of what we want, by the way. Yeah. We don't really want this. We want something totally different. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's work not with like this it at all, but yeah.
1: Um, and then recently, this is the first year that I've done this, but I'm actually uh, at an art gallery in town. Um, and I'm going to try that where it's, uh, the, the pieces are there and they're going to get a, a good cut of the piece. And so that's where I'm trying it to see if it works, but, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but it, but it's, a the right clientele potentially, um, that are, are, doesn't are, know about
2: me. are these all furniture pieces? I mean, these are functional.
1: Yeah. All furniture. furniture? Yep, yeah. All, all furniture, but they, they have more of a sculptural element to it. Not, sure. not, not totally on the art spectrum all the way over on one side, but right, right, right definitely not just traditional furniture. I mean, there's definitely uniqueness in the piece. Yeah. Well,
2: that's probably a, a, yeah. a pretty good opportunity to at least get, like you said, word of mouth. There's a lot of it and getting yeah. a, a different, a different, uh, collective of people seeing, yeah. you know, that yeah. wouldn't, they're not going to that restaurant necessarily, but they'll go to the art, you know, install. Yeah. You know, and see so it. cool.
1: it's really interesting. We, um, been there a couple months and I, I haven't sold anything but she said it could take it could take a year before one of their clients comes back to the gallery so true um it's just we'll see she's not in any hurry and she doesn't think that it's weird <laughs> that <laughs> something will sit there for a year so we'll see yeah. we'll try it out and see lean
2: on their experience and that yeah. that whole transaction side of things like yeah this might yeah. just take some time it, it'll
1: yeah end. yeah oh, so know,
2: that that opportunity you might be found by somebody who wants to outfit their next summer
1: home or or something like that. You exactly. know like that can totally exactly. park something.
3: That's cool. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. And then there is the Instagram side um where a lot of people just really enjoy watching what I do, even though they're not woodworkers. So that that has been a weird avenue that people <laughs> have reached out on. <laughs>
2: the voyeuristic side of social media. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. it's,
1: it's strange. They're, they're like, I've been watching you for years and uh, it's, it's like, but why? You don't like, or you're not a woodworker and you actually want me to build something. So it's it's an interesting route. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. well, where are you as far as um, your business, as far as commercial versus you know more individual type work.
1: Yeah, so for the commercial side, um uh like recently I just bid a restaurant and it was like all the built-ins and bar and stuff like that that were things that I would consider a trim carpenter could do. Mm. Um it, but there was also this they wanted these unique tables. Uh they wanted this butcher block island, massive, and it's those more unique things that are less out of the construction world and more of the furniture world is where I like to be. So mm-hmm. I would I was willing to say yes to some of those built-in items that I wasn't necessarily wanting to do because uh I like the creative stuff, but I wanted the job. So it was kind of right. this weird balance. But so what I've really done is move away from that and it's more of like conference table. So it's a really unique piece
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh for an office. Uh, or a bank or whatever but yeah. it's it's not really a built-in item it's a massive item and that's the commercial side so
2: mm-hmm. um i not- work it up i can think of
1: yeah right
2: now probably three tables that are more than 14 feet long
1: yeah yeah
2: five foot wide in sections i mean that is mass
1: yeah and you know it looks i mean you put it in the space and it's it fits you're like wow how does this actually fit in here mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. for sure
1: but really it's those one off things for the commercial world. I I just don't want to compete with a cabinet shop. I'm a one man operation or I hire some help for a project base. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like just not the world that I want to be in because I can't compete with the quality of the build and the materials that I want to use. Like I just I can't compete with a cabinet shop. Manpower, yeah. everything. I mean. Mm-hmm. What kind yeah. of
2: like when you're bidding a restaurant? Or what kind of or, or like that you want? I mean, what kind of lead time? If you're a one-man shop, is yeah. That-
1: so that's always the challenge. Everything. So in a in a commercial project, when they build or remodel or whatever, the last thing that they think about is you know the most important part. <laughs> this might take a long time. <laughs> yeah, <the> interiors. <laughs> um, but you know, I've worked with a couple people enough to where they know I need to be. I need to be told immediately as soon as you think about it, because it's just how I work. Like I, I cannot whip something out. Sure. Um, Not at the scale for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like four to six month time frame is okay. what is doable. But uh, one job that I had to turn away was like a couple of weeks ago, they contacted me and they were hoping to have it by the first week in January. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I'm oh, like, wow. yeah, uh, no, no, yeah, I, no, I I gave a price that said it's possible. I have friends that I can hire.
2: <laughs> right, right. Uh, like, if you want to, that's the, the pay for it, you know, to make it possible kind of thing. Yeah, to go but, away, yeah. quote.
4: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And then, I mean, so, that somewhat re- relies on the market, right? Like, uh, yeah. I live in an area where there are not very many success, successful new businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're an old town. We're you know whatever, um, okay. But like in your area, if that's the thing, where new uh, new restaurants are popping up every mm-hmm. once in a while, I mean that's that's super cool. it That's just something I'm like you can think of, and it's like it's just it's not everywhere. Yeah, it's in certain cities, it's in certain locations at times, but is there yeah. some there's some limit to that at some point.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty interesting because. I mean, Wichita, like I said, with the big city thing, but it's not massive. It's like, there's not very, there's, there's definitely competition for me, but there's enough work to fill every, all of the competitions, yeah. uh jobs. I mean, it's pretty interesting.
2: Do you know okay. the others that are, are outfitting other restaurants and you guys have like your own such special group chat, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we, well, there's been some, uh, there's been some. People that aren't excited that I was doing a job that they did. not ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's how it works. Yes, that, uh-huh. the, the, those scenarios, which are they are what they are. I I don't underbid anything to win it. Like I don't have, I have no desire to do anything like that. I want the right. job, and so I bid it how I need it. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So you're what, you're doing it the right way as far as I like
4: yeah. When you yep. do a whole restaurant like that, I assume they want the install to be relatively condensed. So do you have like, is like your shop completely full of tables oh, and yeah. bar pieces. And yeah, so I, my shop is kind of a T shape with
1: a garage door in the middle. So I have a rectangle that the top rectangle of the T, uh, if you're looking from above, that's where I work and build. And then the second through the garage door, that's kind of where I store everything. Um, but what it has come down to is more of like what are they doing at the job site so like the a bar if they're they're waiting to put up this pony wall brick put brick on it all of this thing and then my bar top is wood it goes on top well i have to wait till they're done so i'm not going to start that right away you know it's kind of timing it based on what they're actually working on at the job site
0: Mm-hmm. So, so that requires you to go back and forth to the job site on a fairly regular yeah. basis, just to make yeah. sure that what they're yeah. telling you is what's actually happening.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, I tell people all the time, I really, I am, I'm a homebody in my shop. I love finishing the piece in my shop delivering it and walking away i absolutely hate installing
4: now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hear that a lot yeah yeah
1: because you're the last one in and you know scribing all of those things are possible and i'm a perfectionist so i would do a good job at it but it is not as fun as delivering a piece and walking away
2: <laughs> right
0: yep fair exactly fair. Yeah. Well, now a lot of this, I guess, requires you to do a lot of design work and submitting that to your clients for approval Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about that design process and what furniture styles influence your work.
1: Yeah, so uh, really what I rely on heavily is... Uh, just kind of getting a general idea of what they're looking for. And that can simply be like, here's an inspiration photo. Even though I'm not making that piece, these are the things that I like about Mm -hmm. what they see in it or whatever. A Um, corner,
2: a curve, you know, something. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Or this is what's in our house um, that we're trying to match with or whatever. And I'll take that. And generally I have this Rolodex in my head of (laughs) – all these crazy fun things that I've seen on Instagram or whatever. First, yeah. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. No, that you can just source from so many places. Um and I generally can find this mix that works for the project. And the way that I illustrate that is I kind of sketch it out a little bit. If we if that's even the right direction, then the next step that I go to is sketch up. And I actually do a kind of a 3d rendering of the piece and Mm. i am not unbelievably skilled in it it's not a super great rendering but it gets the general idea of what i'm building and so the curves might not be totally accurate but there's curve or just very basics but it still shows the general idea it shows uh, the scale and uh proportions things like that that are all critical (laughs) Uh, because you can draw it to scale and, uh, that's just a, a, a good advantage. People are so visual. They just do not understand. Most people do not understand when you're just trying to speak about a design, they have to see it. So, Mm -hmm. um, that is definitely a, a key factor for me is the sketchup side. Um, and then because it's not super complex, I can refer to it with building, um, like how does this how did i have this planned for spacing obviously none of that matters when you're actually building the piece but for general dimensioning and things like that it is it's a fun tool to have
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly so is there any uh furniture style you gravitate towards whether it be like you know more modern stuff yeah or mid-century or yeah paper, i or I, everything I would...
1: <laughs> I, I was gonna say i'm all over the place i really yep. love uh chris Schwarz's chairs and <laughs> yeah this that uh, that just the what it welsh stick chairs obviously you guys know um mm-hmm, lo- mm-hmm. love love those things but on the same hand i loved building a maloof chair which is a sculptural piece and totally different style yep. mid-century and it's like i really just like design i yeah. think. I can find beauty in a lot of different styles. I definitely lean heavy on the more modern clean lines, mid-century style Mm -hmm. um, versus like a very traditional piece or um, just kind of (laughs) plane, <laughs> not in a, not in a bad way, but just, that's just not me.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I noticed you have built some Malouf style, uh, chairs and rockers were, yeah. were those for a client or for yourself or,
1: uh, all, all of the above. So, yeah. um, I, I'll get to, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, but one of those Malouf, the rocking chair, uh, was a project, a fun project. Uh, I built a Malouf rocker. Hmm. It was custom for George Strait. So whoa, uh, yeah, wow. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> nice. that's nice. Yeah, yes. So that was a very unique circumstance where uh, he was coming to Wichita and he came to our arena and did a show and he doesn't tour normally now other than being like inviting himself Mm -hmm. essentially and volunteering to tour at a particular place for a a certain reason or whatever so the arena contacted me and said hey we want to give him a gift because this is above and beyond normal what he does and we want to make him feel special and all this stuff so we want to buy he has we we hear he has a wraparound porch around his house and we want we just imagine him and his wife sitting on two rocking chairs and uh (laughs) We just we want to know what that looks like if you built two of these rocking chairs, and we have about a month and a half
4: uh, <laughs> until the show. Oh.
1: So, I'll hold
4: your ears.
0: Yeah, a yeah, month and a half to build a rocker.
1: Two yeah, rockers. <laughs> yeah. So I
0: if had. The price made, is right. No. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> they they were a little surprised at my price, uh, mm-hmm. but on the same hand, again, I was. How long does it take how much material is going into it all of those things that i priced my work at normally is how i price these chairs and um we ended up doing one chair uh and that most of that was actually timeline reasons even though you can batch things out which i did i batched some of the processes out Mm -hmm. um, in the build so that i was ahead of the game for the second one uh but the whole all the sanding and sculpting and all the finishing as you know just drags and drags and drags so mm-hmm. that that yeah. just ate up all, all the time as well
0: so. yeah because once you got basically all the joinery done in the chair assembled or at least in sub assemblies mm-hmm. that's like a quarter of the work yeah <laughs> it really is yeah. it
1: really is the end. Yeah. I, the way that i sculpt it i mean i've seen people build them a lot of different ways but yeah. i mean i i really put a lot of effort into these the soft curves the hard lines the soft lines mm-hmm.
3: I right. mean,
1: just really sculpting it it's not just shape it is definitely sculpted and flows and um i put a lot of detail into it and it was fun but i also told my wife after i built the second one uh i'm not building another maloof chair if i'm going to spend that much time building a chair it's going to be a hundred percent something i designed. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> so, wow yeah
1: fun projects but uh i definitely i want to explore my own work too so
0: well you know hopefully george Strait's friends uh ask him where he got the yeah. locker yeah 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 that would that would be fantastic and give you a chance to design something uh Something like that. So that is that is absolutely fantastic. And yeah. uh, what what about the uh, Maloof-inspired uh, chairs you've done? Were those just...
1: Yeah, I mean, same thing. Those same were, thing. yeah, those were some of the first ones that I did probably. Um, the low back is my favorite Maloof chair mm-hmm. where um, it has the arms and the, the low lumbar area is where mm-hmm. the seat rest backrest is. And I just love it. But I also modified that to where i took the arms off because the arms can be a little strange when you look at it <laughs> if it's yeah. not done done right they they kind of flow weirdly in my, my opinion so i took them off and sculpted it out and uh, it became a desk chair um that the desk i made it out of the same fiddleback maple that i made the chair out of so they kind of go together as a set a writing desk and this yeah. Yeah,
0: chair. yeah 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 that that desk is the the chairs will work hard the yeah. desk is too that's very very nice mm-hmm. uh, yeah. i like Thanks. the way i like the way the uh the legs kind of pierce the top there at the corners. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's cool and for our listeners uh check out uh uh wes's um instagram page and we'll have that contact information but if you can't yeah. wait it's james wesley furniture instagram he's got some just outstanding furniture pieces and makes me jealous that uh have been doing this in 20 since 2016. (laughs) yeah all right so anyway i I won't i won't totally hate you Um, (laughs) well so what are some of the favorite pieces that you made
1: yeah so um one that is somewhat woodworking because it's traditional joinery and, <laughs> and somewhat construction. Uh, but I recently last year, well, recently it's been a year now, uh, built, uh, a barrel sauna. So a traditional finish barrel oh, sauna. So yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. And my wife, uh, she was a major fan of going to the Y and going to the sauna, but uh-huh the public side of the Y is a little strange <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yes it is. and having to drive to the Y for, to go sit in the sauna. So we decided we are going to build one and it was a blast. So I literally took construction lumber theater and, uh, bought some bits for my shaper that you kind of have this cove and bead bit. So you cut one, you cut the bead on one end, edge and the cove on the opposite edge and then literally you piece those together and a stainless steel ring goes around it so it's like a almost like a coopering process Mm -hmm. um and then you tension it down and that cove and bead coming together locked together but it also allows it to expand and contract uh with the outdoor humidity changes throughout the year so it's kind of this really unique Easy build, but it's a lot of fun if you know what you're looking at. <laughs> so, yeah. it was just—it was just a fun project. I'm sure.
0: looking at it on uh, Instagram right now. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That well, a little video of it, and that yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a lot bigger than what he's describing. Basically, yeah. <laughs> at that point,
1: What's your steam? It's twelve feet long. It's a uh, six foot diameter. Okay. 12 feet long. My um, kids
0: would have to duck, but I, yeah, I, I, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. that is, it is, it is so cool. It is so cool.
1: Yeah. So yeah. essentially, I mean, it's watertight, put a roof on it with shingles, tar paper shingles, all of that. So like I said, it was a blend between woodworking construction. <laughs> that was a, that was a fun one for me. Um, and then one that I recently did was this console and it was a, it was a cover. Um, picture Chris Gockner made it for Fine Woodworking magazine, and it was this white oak uh, with sliding doors, um, and then the bottom half of it was a real dark white oak that was uh, fumed, ammonia fumed. So mm-hmm. I I just like absolutely love the piece, and I wanted to build it. So I I look at the the brief pictures that they have in Fine Woodworking, and kind of figured out how to build it. It was not a project plan it was just like how they show a piece and how Mm. it was constructed um but one of the favorite things on it was uh it had spalted firewood oak firewood and (laughs) he, he made these veneers out of the spalted oak and i went out to the firewood pile (laughs) couldn't find anything even close to (laughs) usable if it was spalted it was rotten (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah right so i could not find anything and this is two years of me not finishing the piece it was just for me so it just sat in the shop but these door panels i really wanted to do and i wanted oak because you have white oak case and uh the legs are all white oak but they're totally brown with the ammonia fuming mm-hmm.
3: and then you have this
1: super contrasting panel in the doors uh with the spalted white oak and i happened to find these blanks these two by two blanks um on a turning website that were um uh, they weren't stabilized or anything it was just uh a spalted chunk of wood and it was really nice, uh, but it was two inches by two inches. And so I, I got those, uh, I've done the, I don't know if you've done the stabilizing process where you, um, I, it's called cactus juice, the brand that I yeah. use, but I
0: haven't done it, but I've heard of yeah, that I've it. Heard so of that, yeah.
1: So essentially it's, you, you, it's a liquid. You pour it in with all the wood in a vacuum pot. You suck all the air out which then draws all this resin into the wood and then you heat treat it. So you put it in a toaster oven and it bakes and the entire wood now weighs five times what it did. It's totally, it's kind of like uh blue spruce tools. The, yeah, the, the mallets mm, are, in right. ge- are uh, resin impregnated. Um, so it's super heavy super hard and durable and i figured well now i can cut these i can resaw them and make them into veneers so
3: <laughs> this
1: whole process uh and i only had so much of the wood i barely had enough to do it even though i found the pieces that i found and long story short epoxy resin uh blanks do not veneer like wood <laughs> so i wasted a chunk of the veneers that i cut in the glue and ended up having to use epoxy to get it on a core so i built a quarter sawn core um, of oak and then i put the veneer on both sides of the panel with an epoxy glue so it was like this huge learning process but overall i got the spalted oak that i wanted (laughs) the thing looks awesome and it's exactly everything that i imagined but it was quite the circus to get done <laughs>
0: i imagine i imagine yeah. that stuff is pretty rough on your blades and stuff too
1: oh it w- it wasn't horrible um, okay but it definitely was a unique material it was almost like working with plastic um yeah like that's why i was wondering plastic, if yeah. it would start
0: yeah. sticking and you know getting rubbery yeah. or something like that yeah it,
1: hmm. it, it was strange but
0: yeah works great i don't know i now that i say that people turn that stuff all the time so it probably yeah, yeah it probably works yeah. fine yeah, it's just, yeah, what, what gets stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, well, so tell us about some of your, you, you just told us some interesting construction techniques that you've yeah. used, but tell us about some more. I know at the uh, Texas Woodworking Festival, you were championing the, this cardboard core panels that you use Yeah.
1: projects. Yeah. So same thing where this is, it's cardboard and it's kind of like that honey, I call it honeycomb Mm -hmm. um, cardboard and you see it a lot in packing materials. Well, this looks like it's the same stuff, but it's actually made for a structural property um, and they call it resin impregnated honeycomb. So it's cardboard, but it still has resin inside of it that Looks, makes it it's rigid rigid, rigid. Yes. Yeah, yeah 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 interesting so aluminum it, um, titanium all of these metals are in the aircraft industry where they build parts out of this honeycomb material honeycomb. yep um and i saw a couple of different pieces on it and it was mostly used in boat building so it's a lightweight material but it's super strong once you laminate it between two pieces um, you have i mean you have to make a panel out of the material you can't just mm. use the material obviously or uh like veneer directly over it you have to use like three millimeter baltic birch or yeah something bigger than quarter a quarter inch MDF, right? yeah. yeah whatever you have to make the panel and then you can veneer the panel and so it's this really unique lightweight material but the way that I used it was in this, in this commercial stuff where these 20 foot long conference tables, I that, was just
0: about to say, you know, did you? Yeah. 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 That yeah. would seem like that so, would be perfect for that. And, application.
1: I mean, a lot of those yeah. tables were solid, but what I would do is I would find a, a live edge slab from a specialty dealer. It's 20 feet long and it's the ugliest like individual table, but I could get the long boards that I needed out of that. So I would cut dimensionally out of a, a really mm. long kiln dried 20 foot long slab. And um, that's how I would make thick veneers that I would then make this whole giant panel for a conference table. And have shops on veneer over the whole thing. So it's super durable, but the thing is it weighs 50% or more less than solid wood.
3: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, these tables have like a major cantilever because it's such a massive table unless your legs go way out, which just kills the whole look of the piece. Um, that's great, but a cantilever needs support in wood. Otherwise the table is going to become a potato chip. So, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, with wood movement and unless you're buttoning that down, no matter how good or stable the wood is, when you start, when you get these big pieces or massive widths, it's just not going to stay flat. But the advantage of that honeycomb is it's a rock solid glue line. Um, just like veneer, uh, mm. if you use a, uh, resin glue it's just it's rigid glue and so it does not move with wood movement um and so it cantilevers out feet and it doesn't need the support and it stays flat so the advantage is it's flat and light um really unique stuff you can do curve work with it um which i've only experimented with uh i have a piece that i want to build with uh but i'm It's, it's quite the process (laughs) to build up the panel. So, so
0: so does it, yeah, yeah. So does it just curve in one direction or can you curve it in both directions? Yeah.
1: So they come in different um, builds, like a barrel bend is, uh, is what they call one where it's wrapping around like a barrel. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to specify which way, when you, if you ordered it in bulk, you would have to tell them which bend you want. Um, But generally... From a retailer, you're going to buy it in like a two by four sheet
3: mm-hmm. and
1: it, it's only going to bend in the narrow direction. So okay, you gotcha. just, you, you kind of have to plan accordingly, but on the same hand.
0: Now, now d- if you didn't want it to bend, uh, do you just, do you order a, uh, just a flat nope, thing or do nope. they all bend?
1: No, nope. Once it, um, once that panel is glued on the top and yeah. bottom, it, it locks the honeycomb in. Okay. So gotcha. That makes sense. It's essentially a torsion box at that point. So
2: I was gonna say, yeah, it's that structure that holds it, it would bend, but if you're encapsulating it in, in enough, yeah.
0: you're, the, the, you're, yeah, you're, you're just squ-
2: squeezing it. So it can't bend any more than the, ter- cer- the material above and below. Yeah. And so glued together, that is, yeah, like you said, a torsion box. That's a very you know good way to put it. So it, it's rigid when it's put into a big panel. Or it could be flexible, should you need it to be flexible. But you'd need to laminate it in a flexible position.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. once it's once it's set, it's set, and that's kind of the this yep. some of the disadvantages um, is like if your if your panel doesn't come out flat out of the oh, and this is all vacuum pressed by the way mm-hmm. in a vacuum bag. Yeah. If the, if your panel is off for whatever reason, it's permanently off. There's <laughs> <Yeah>, <still laughs> no fixing full, that. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well, that's cool. So what kind of glue are you using, uh, to make these panels?
1: Yeah. So, um, Unibon, the okay. ure- urea formaldehyde, which mm. is obviously, it's not the best glue for you, right. but it's also the most rigid glue. So yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's, uh, for that application, it's one of the best. Uh, Wear a respirator. Know, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, that stuff is not fun to mix. It's not fun to work with. Uh, but some of it necessitates that type of glue, some of the work. so uh, or I mean, you could use an epoxy or something like that, but you're also you're you have open time issues or you have if it's a really long open time with an epoxy, there's the potential of it leaking out right uh, um, or things like you know the epoxy might stick to my bag, my vacuum mm. bag oh, right. yeah. Yeah. all these r- random things that you have to consider in bluing a uh the biggest one that i did as a one piece uh table was 20 feet so i built up i built a literal vacuum bag that was 20 feet long Mm. um, and built torsion boxes out of baltic birch as my my core leveled all those things out put this massive table on it uh, but I had to glue all that at once. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed uh, crazy open times and then also had to get the glue out fast. So I had these veneer glue rollers that were six inches wide and me and two other people were just going to town top and bottom on all the layers of the glue up buildup. So it was just unbelievable. Um, but we got it done.
0: So, <laughs> wow! I,
4: I, I'm stressed yeah. just listening to that. I can't. Oh yeah. <laughs> Holy God! Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. What is it? I, what, when the, when the glue goes on, your IQ goes down twenty points. Mm-hmm. On this yeah. one, it must go oh, down man. like thirty or forty. <laughs> yeah,
1: we had. Uh, yeah. It was a homemade bag. So essentially I bought bulk material for vacuum bags, like the the vinyl or whatever the material is. Um, and you could get it. It was about, I, I don't know, six feet wide by 20 feet long roll. And I bought two of them and then tried to heat weld one edge so that all I had to worry about was, uh, the other three sides of sealing them up and vacuum bag is unbelievably hard to seal because a pinhole in it will still leak <laughs> if, yes. if it if the air can escape uh and so sealing that thing up after we got it glued took us probably was more stressful than the glue up process was just trying to get the dang thing sealed <laughs> hmm. as, as
2: I'm sitting in my basement uh yeah. my house is barely 24 feet north to yeah. south yeah and uh yeah I can imagine the scale of that is
1: well yeah and you can't Ugh. you can't do anything else in the shop because no, i no. had every free space available everything moved out of the way that could be moved out of the way and it has to be there i mean for a, quite a bit of the process
0: <laughs> no Good. Yeah. S- and- so after you got it sealed up did you you know just camp out there make sure <laughs> nothing happened oh, in the yeah. middle of the night yeah.
1: <laughs> well it didn't yeah it wasn't that bad but i definitely <laughs> i definitely get worried about it <laughs>
2: yeah you don't you don't rest well when something like oh. that's curing oh. I've, seen yeah. too, I've seen other people doing like thick pour epoxies and stuff and they come oh, back yeah. and you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> disaster
1: yeah
0: mm. well man that's well that's pretty interesting that's a, that's an interesting yeah. material um i want to look into that a little bit more because yeah there's some interesting ideas there that you can definitely do yeah that stuff.
1: i mean there's obviously there's traditional ways of building really nice panels like um bill morley uses uh plum or uh wood core plywood Mm -hmm. that he makes his own plywood um and that is very stable and it's really good uh and this is kind of a non-traditional way right (laughs) to get a really stable flat panel so it's it's kind of a different world i like both options it's not the best option it's not the worst option so
0: yeah yeah and i can see one they use in boat building because it's got to be incredibly light like you said 50 percent lighter than using solid wood so yeah Yeah. it it makes total sense Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, um, so you told us a little bit about building furniture. So, what is your finishing process? Do you finish your stuff, or do you uh, yeah, send it out, or what?
1: You know, uh, there there are finishers in town, and I've mm. never once, I've never once attempted to reach out and say, "Hey, what does this look like for you to do this instead of me?" <laughs> uh, so, I I enjoy it. Uh, it's stressful. It's one of the harder things. Uh, spray finishing is mostly what I'm talking about, uh, here, but it's, I, I have a Fuji, uh, HBLP that I use mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. either, either clear stuff or paint. Um, but I really like the hand applied stuff too. So it literally, I'm all over the board on finishing. I I've, I've perfected little bits of a lot of different finishes. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. That makes, yeah. that makes sense. So, so, so you do like your larger stuff. I assume you're spraying that. What are you doing? Conversion varnish, that type of stuff? Yeah.
1: Conversion varnish a lot mm. for the commercial stuff, just because of durability, mm. the disadvantages, it's super durable, but the disadvantage is once it's scratched, it's over. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not fixing it easily um, mm. or minimally versus like a hard wax oil, like Osmo or Rubio where, <laughs> It's kind of, it's, it's uh, spot repairable to some degree. Yep. And I, I mean, I like those, but it also, I like them in certain ways. I do not like the super matte finish. I like being able to see the grain or close to the grain where it doesn't yep. build a film. Uh, but really one of my favorite finishes is uh, armor seal, general finishes mm-hmm. armor seal. It, it can be kind of a, butt to apply without seeing streaks or things like that. Uh, But that's one of those things where once you do it enough, you get the process down, you can figure it out. Uh, And that one is super durable. It's fairly close to the wood with the film um, not being very thick, like it's not a sprayed look. And so I really like that. That's probably one of my favorite finishes.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, if I'm doing oil finishes, that's one of my Mm go-tos too. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm in the process of... Experimenting around with making my own wiping varnish. Um, oh, okay, but um, I'm you know, to finish this rocker, it's going well, let me make my own because I know a lot of chair makers yeah. are making uh, their uh, own uh. and I've gotten some interesting recipes from them. And I was going through my finishing cabinet, going okay, what do I need? What do I need? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I came out with this quart of armor seal that has not been opened. <laughs> oh <It's>, my goodness, <laughs> it's got to be like four yeah. or five years old and I'm going, <laughs> I'm shaking it. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll hey, see what I end up doing. It, I'll, I'll definitely it, use that on some sample boards along with uh, uh homemade stuff. But yeah, yeah, uh, arm armor still is, is fantastic. I used yeah. it for years, but you're right. It 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 will streak on you and until mm-hmm. you use it enough to know when to, you know. It's like everything and finishing. Hey, if something looks wrong, don't try to fix it. Just walk away. Let it go. Yeah, Let wait. it cure. If you, if <laughs> you wait, <laughs> yeah.
1: I I bought this. Um, I bought this really unique. It's for automotive industry, and it's a. It's probably a two-inch long bar that has a little file on it, and it's for um, a, a run in the automotive paint. Mm-hmm. So once it dries, then they come back over that uh, run and they just kind of file it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just levels the paint out because obviously with automotive stuff you can buff it out uh, yeah. so it's a little it's a little different but it has saved um and i built i think it's murka that builds them or makes them um but i've i've hit a run <laughs> with mm-hmm. that and it it helps a little bit but no matter what if you don't wait till it's dry you're not fixing it you're making it work yeah it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so making it work <laughs> Yeah, Definitely, I think that's uh,
0: especially uh, folks new to the finishing process. That's one of the one things that it, you you learn, uh, but unfortunately, you learn by making things worse. But it's just like, yeah. hey, just walk away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. no one,
2: know. no one to walk away. Just and like mm-hmm. the uh,
0: the gambler said. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen. One of the things that I was just intrigued by at the uh, at the uh, Texas Woodworking Festival were these hats that you made. Oh yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. And is this something you're going to continue doing?
1: So I really enjoy the hats. Um, So these hats are kind of a fedora style hat, Mm -hmm. uh, but it can be done with anything. And what I have done is put on the brim portion, the part that goes around your head. I have turned those into uh, exotic wood veneers. So (laughs) um, yeah. And it's, because it's veneer and it's, uh, three or four layers thick, uh, and this, these are shops on veneer so that the overall thickness is probably an eighth inch thick or a little bit thicker depending on how much I end up sanding it. Um, but I cross band those. So the grain direction in between each layer is running opposite. So mm-hmm. that it, again, in plywood principles, it stays flat. Yep. It's a thick um, plywood, right? Yep. Yeah but then how do you get that uh wood applied to the hat so that was the the, <laughs> hidden, the the hidden gem uh but essentially what i did was i cut the brim but left 3 quarters of an inch half an inch of the brim still on the hat so that's actually sewn to the part that goes on top of your head yeah um and then i sandwiched that piece of the brim in between the layers of veneer with glue and uh, i was able to bond to that material enough uh with a clamping call on top and bottom <laughs> that I was able to then make that all a sandwich. And that's crazy. Yeah. Lots of cleanup and finishing, but essentially it created this wood-brimmed hat that I can make out of any veneer that I wanted and kind of had a blast doing it. What I determined mm-hmm. is there are no general-sized heads. <laughs> <laughs> I know
2: they're not. Because so, that is the one
1: thing about yeah. standard it hat material,
2: yes. brimmed hat material. They're a little yeah. bit flexible, and you're yeah. putting a less flexible brim on there.
1: Yeah, so what I learned was a lot of people, if you went a little bit big from the average size, a lot of people could fit it with hat foam inside the band, inside mm-hmm. the hat, the sweatband. Mm-hmm um and it's not a custom fit but it it would fit um but if it's if your head's bigger you're obviously not going to fit and so that was the challenge i built multiples <laughs> of <seven>, them <laughs> and i went all out because i'm a fan of stetson uh hats this hat mm-hmm. called a uh, straddle liner right. just this really fun hat but they're expensive and i spent a lot of money on these things you <laughs> can cut them up but then i couldn't sell them because you're limited to who can wear the hat.
0: Sure. Uh, One be custom made. Yes.
1: Yeah. Someone that thinks they can pull it off because a fedora is like one of those things where people either think they can't wear them or they wear them. And that, and people loved the hats, but it was, it's this weird niche thing that I loved, but it was a challenge to sell. So if I was to make them again, I did end up selling them all uh, through lots of shows. (laughs) shows. <laughs> yeah. Lots exterior. of trial. Yep. Hey, yep. come here. Yep. This
0: looks like a little you Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I,
1: I sold them all. What I learned is it doesn't need to be a Stetson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. And if it is a Stetson, then it definitely would be part of the custom process. But somebody needs to know exactly what size hat they're wearing, and they need sure. to know exactly what they want. Because me just putting out these spec hats doesn't work. Right. uh So... It's gonna be one of those I would probably do it again. I've perfected the process, but it's a custom job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all, I can't remember it's almost if I were a... that you need to, you know, have like a sample at like a hat store or something like yeah. that. And if anyone's yeah. interested, hey, yeah. we can get this made for you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's no definitely
2: a, a a cool look. It distinguishes, you know, from others. I'd be interested if you could put some curvature into that. Yeah, you know, I think.
1: I think you could. Honestly, I'm sure it's good.
2: If it's veneer, yeah. I mean you just it'd have to be just a, a bit of a, a mold to to, yeah. to glue it up in. Um because you know, obviously some of those hats have a little some some little up curve, down curve, you know, around yeah. around the circle. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, and I can't remember if I wear a, a fitted hat of seven and five eighths or seven and three quarters, but yeah. I got a I got a big noggin yeah and that and that is very specific i mean i'm i'm right now i'm i'm thankful for flex fit hats you know in in, in ball caps because you know i i like fitted caps but like they at least allow a little bit of forgiveness yeah you're Mm. you're talking about like dead precision hell a haircut might make the difference
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can buy a hat and then still go have it fitted to your head. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sean, you definitely have the show business build. You're you're short, <laughs> muscular, <laughs> yeah. and you have a big head.
4: <laughs> well, it's Sammy Davis Jr. There yeah, you go. But, yeah, yeah the but the I'm looking face, at I'm looking at That one with the I think maybe walnut and the green. that's that's gorgeous
1: yeah it really
4: is yeah it was definitely my
1: favorite one it was that one was actually hard to get rid of because i would actually wear that one (laughs) so but again it's like no i actually need to recoup my cost on these things because (laughs) i made the mistake like i said of getting an expensive hat to start
0: with yeah well those are so cool those are so cool
1: yeah and you know what I, i was just thinking about it it's a unique thing because it it opens the custom world up a little bit more
3: mm-hmm.
1: to people that follow me on Instagram or mm-hmm. whatever, because a lot of people are not going to be buying a piece of furniture from me. And this was kind of a, it was still custom, but it was kind of this fun entry level purchase, I guess. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: That is cool.
2: Cause it, I mean, it'll do everything and somebody could buy it just to put it on a wall, you know, mm-hmm. 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 just hang it. You know, yeah. and that that'd be a cool thing and you don't care about the size at that point. You well, know, it doesn't fit my head, but I mean I can put yeah. it up there and it's a talk piece. Yeah. It's super yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, that is cool. That's very cool. And uh interesting idea. I never I'd never seen anything like that till you showed mm-hmm. up and I went, Wow, that is just <laughs> genius. Just genius. Well, anyway, so um I would like to ask you one of the questions. So yeah. what is the one thing you wish you knew when you were starting out? So you could go um, back in time yeah, and tell yourself yeah. All in the way back to 2017. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: uh, I there's, there's honestly, there's so much in woodworking full time that I would love to sit down with people and say, This is a hard, hard thing, even though you think it's going to be the greatest thing ever (laughs) Um, there's so much to business that is critical that is not woodworking related that is literally running a business and people think they know that but when until you run a business on your own and you're responsible for everything i don't think people really realize the effort that it takes to be an entrepreneur and even though I absolutely love woodworking, I do not like running a business. Right. (laughs) And so I do it full time. That's now a requirement. That's a great thing for me to have versus people that are weekend warriors and only get to do it on the weekend, you know? And I have this massive opportunity to build, but the challenge behind that is I don't get to do everything that I wanna do like I would if it was in my shop at my house and not my job. And so that is the balance and the challenge that I think people think they know, but until you experience it, which is really hard to explain to someone until you experience it, it's a big challenge and also could be like something that you absolutely hate <laughs> when it really <laughs> comes down to it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I am fine functioning in business But I really like to build and I would really like to build without anybody telling me what to do (laughs) other than my pocketbook. Yeah. Uh, And so that would be a, that would be a fun thing. Uh, But I would just say people going into it, just really think hard about, do I want this to be a hobby or do I want to find time for this hobby? Or do I want every waking minute of this to be a business that happens to do woodworking? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. I'm, you know, I'm I'm making my little jigs, but even then it's it's a big commitment. I mean, it yeah. takes a lot of time. I don't have time to do other stuff and I can imagine what you do. It's probably you're probably doing 80, 100-hour weeks, I imagine.
1: Well, I definitely uh I'm definitely putting in the hours uh um, yeah.
0: and that's again
1: where That's the uh, the other side of it is well, do you scale this thing or do you keep it in this size and do it Mm. the way that I want to do it? And that balance is hard because then it's a financial pressure thing. And then, but if you scale too big, then it's a financial pressure because you got to keep all these people employed. Mm -hmm. So there's just this constant, constant uh, battle and pivoting in the business to figure it out. And that that part is fun, but it is definitely a challenge.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, so um, before we let you go, um, tell us a little bit about your shop. Now, you mentioned it's in a T-shape, but what, yeah. what kind of machinery do you have in there? Do you have, like, you know, a, a 4 by 8 CNC and those yeah. kind of things or what? Yeah,
1: so I've got uh, a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm a tool uh, tool freak. <laughs> <laughs> For um, the
2: scale that you build, you kind of yeah, need to be. yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah
1: yeah i love uh tools i um i love things that operate the way they're supposed to and if it i like the niche tools that do the one thing uh those are fun for me uh, but on the same hand i have to have the scale and so like you said the cnc is a is a big one that's an industrial machine that most people don't have um and it's obviously becoming part of the woodworking community uh, but i have a five foot by ten foot cnc and that thing is that thing is a workhorse in my shop Mm -hmm. um and i don't even use it close to its potential i use it for um i need to flatten this 40 inch wide table um so i did the glue up and i throw it on the cnc and i flatten the 40 inch wide table within an hour you know and so those those are the advantages that I get with time, uh, because of the industrial sized machine, but so that, and then I have a wide belt sander, um, uh, that's a 40 inch capacity. So oh, those nice. things, yeah, those are excellent, unique tools, but for the t- typical woodworker, but those are the things that scale it on the commercial side where I can build fast. Um, then when it really comes down to it, I've got a collection of hand tools. So I definitely fit that bill of the hybrid woodworker, um, where if I can do it with the machine, I probably will, but the fine tuning or just the fun, um, I'm going to pull out the hand tools as well. So I I enjoy that. I don't live and die and breathe by hand tools, uh, because that's just for my business. That's not the way that it would work. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. But, I totally respect and enjoy the process of cutting dovetails. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, so there's, there's, it just depends on the piece of what, what, how I'm going to go about finishing it, doing it.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah. And I'm jealous of your uh, lathe that you have there. You got the big power Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So yet, yet, yet again, that's, uh, I've turned massive things on that uh, 36 inch, uh, coffee table, I turned with an outboard turning where you bring the, the power unit all the way out to the edge of the base, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you turn it on the outside of the lathe. And I literally turned a 36 inch piece and I had no idea what I was doing.
4: <laughs> that, that, oh man, that's a blood puckering experience right yeah. there. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. for sure.
4: Oh, that's a physics lesson. Yeah. Yeah, no, but
1: it, it it's worked great and been a lot of fun. So
0: well, that's, that's fantastic. Well, um, so what are some of your other pursuits outside of woodworking? I know you're in the guard, so yeah. you got that. Um, uh, yep. do you have time for anything else? I know, well, uh, you got your family, but. I know yeah. we,
1: we are a busy, busy family. We got, yeah. uh, 12 years old all the way down to six. So, um, we're constantly going and that's fun. Basketball, soccer. I coached a soccer team this past uh, fall, had a blast doing that. Um, but really outside of that hobbies, I'm like I said, I'm creative and I enjoy the creative process. So if it's art related, I'm into it. Photography, cooking, anything that's creating something, I, I love it. So that's kind of my fill my tank in a different way
0: well fantastic well uh let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices and i'll start us off um um had a little shiner holiday cheer this evening mm, yes yes nice. yes yes it's that, time, that of year? time yeah that's yeah, after thanksgiving um even though i started uh, doing the holiday beers before thanksgiving but <laughs> anyway uh it's it's good i still prefer my saint arnold's um uh, Christmas ale a little better, but uh, you can't get that anywhere. You can get Shiner Holiday Cheer just about everywhere. So
4: yeah, Absolutely, you can.
0: Anyway, so that's my recommendation. Uh, so, uh, Brian, what are you drinking?
4: Uh, I decided to change it up. So, uh set up beer, went out, got some uh, lemonade uh, iced tea mix, made an all Palmer, and then just can't leave it at that, right? So, put some Ingram River Age bourbon in it, um, and <laughs> That's pretty darn tasty. That is mm. that is holiday cheer in a little glass right here. You call that. that <laughs> it's not quite a John
2: Daly, but it's getting there. It, yeah. It's getting going on there.
4: Yeah. So um,
2: that's good. A John
0: Daly. Is that actual
2: know. drink? It is. It okay. is. It, it, it's yeah. the alcoholic Arnold Palmer. As far as okay. I, can tell.
4: I don't know if these guys saw, but my wife came in and drank about a third of it when she got back from, <laughs> from practice. So yeah, but it's quite tasty. It's a good summertime drink as well. Highly recommend it. Uh, Sean, <laughs> how about you?
2: uh i i'm uh, resisting a little bit and uh or well, i guess i'm not i thought i see i thought i pull a pumpkin beer off the shelf i didn't um i i'm not resisting i'm fully on the christmas beers uh it's after thanksgiving after all and so i'm a, a local brewery the moment bay brewing company makes a blitzen which is a mm-hmm. holiday holiday ale very good and uh, wes how about you man
1: yeah so i being from uh kansas city area i'm a fan of boulevard brewing mm-hmm. and, of course, uh, course. They, yes. yeah they uh, have one that i've recently tried this summer called brewabunga Cove, and it is a hazelnut is... golden cold brew is what they call that so I it i don't hmm. know what that means it is beer <laughs> that is it's coffee but it's processed with some like a coffee cold brew process um interesting where it, i guess it absorbs some of the flavor um i would have to look into it a lot more i saw a, a brief write up on their website uh, but it's a seasonal beer and it's one of my absolute favorites
2: yeah does it have a little like a, a that nutty flavor to it oh uh,
1: yeah yep. yeah that's great i'll to have to look cool. for
2: that we get bored
0: here yeah. yeah i think
2: i get it too i don't i don't know how many varieties they a wide district texas yeah. might be a little
0: closer to kansas than ohio so maybe yeah. kyle you can get it yeah yeah i've seen boulevard uh all the time i drive dr- drinking several of their uh varieties always good yeah 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 well cool cool i have to look into that well so uh wes where can uh folks find you on the interwebs
1: yeah i mostly am on instagram uh james wesley furniture and then I've recently started YouTube, and then I, it died off, and then I started it back up. So you might catch me there. You might not. There, <laughs> uh, But James Wesley Furniture on YouTube as well and Facebook.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Brian, what about yourself?
4: Uh, Instagram is the place that you can find me. And it's just simply Opst Woodworks. And Opst is just O-B-S-T.
0: Uh, Kyle, how about you? Uh, you can always find me on Instagram at barton dot or bb custom tools bb custom or on YouTube under Kyle Barton or BB Custom Tools. And Sean, what about yourself?
2: For usual, you can find me at Sean W seventy eight on most
4: social medias.
0: All righty. So, do we have any reviews this episode? We do.
4: Uh, we have a couple reviews. <laughs> excuse me, uh, referring to uh, the MWA episode four seven seven for Rick Rick D'Rourke. Uh, this one is from Richard uh, Eberly, I think it is E B E R L Y. I'm sorry, R L E. Looks uh, like he's uh, based out of the uh, Conway, Arkansas area. Makes some beautiful tables. Um, but he said uh, at Rick four two one two, which is his Instagram handle, is the best. Can't wait to listen to this one. And then we also have a comment here from Robert a uh, recent guest and longtime friend of the show. Uh, he says, looking forward to listening. Uh, if you would like to leave us a comment. Or a rating, we would appreciate it. We're always welcome to feedback. You can leave it on the MWA podcast Instagram. You can leave it on Kyle's Instagram, any of our Instagrams actually. Uh, <laughs> and if you are on iTunes, we would appreciate a five star review, which will help get the show out in front of more people. For sure.
2: We got we got two comments that say looking forward to and we never got the result.
4: Yeah, fo- <laughs> we need follow up. <laughs> we need follow up. Close We're, the loop as they say. Really
2: look, like, really look forward to listening to this one guy. I never knew that guy was such a
4: jerk. something like that (laughs) so robert tell us how tell us what you really thought after yeah
0: yeah and that just about wraps it up for this show if you haven't already please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice just search for the modern woodworkers association and while you're there please leave us a review you can follow us on instagram at mwa underscore podcast and if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.